going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of The Chill World. I'm your host, Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Uptown Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Dane Allen, a.k.a. Big Buckets Brown. And I'm going to start every episode off. How are you? Appreciate um, everybody checking out the uh, last episode with uh, Macassa Johnson, the CEO and founder of uh, State of Emergent City, nonprofit organization. Um, I'm glad you guys enjoyed that episode. Glad you're able to check it out, and I uh, hope you guys can reach out to her and maybe um, get in contact with her and work with the program or the foundation that she's running. Um, I feel like it was a really pretty cool episode, but I got another one for you right now. Uh, this next guest that I have on is another Miami of Ohio alum. She's uh, from the Cleveland area, and um, her name is Carly Michelle. We had a fun time recording this episode. We talk about a lot of different things, and I thought it was pretty cool to have her on just because she is an alum, and, you know, we did kind of, you know, cross paths there in Miami of Ohio where we both attended uh, school, and I thought uh, it would be cool to have her on the episode because she's also a law student here at DePaul University, and I felt like it was really important to have her on, one, because not only is she alum, two, she's also an African-American woman, a black woman, Doing a thing, you know, making moves out there, uh, striving for greatness, and um, just doing her best to be as successful as she can. Uh, I, I don't really consider her a creative, but I will say this, you know, from following her on Instagram and social media, and then coming into contact with her on some of, uh, in some cases, it was at one time we did uh, speak with one another, and it was on a very, um, you know. It was a, a very sad occasion when we had to meet up, but it was cool to just link up and, you know, discuss what, what we were in life and what we're doing and things like that. But um, I feel like she's an individual that's um, on the right path. You know, she's doing some great things and accomplishing some big things. And I felt like it would be cool to sit down and just talk to somebody who's actually doing something pretty um amazing in my book i think to one leave home and then live all the way across the country i know she's she talks about that in this episode how she lived in california for a while and then she just decided you know what i think i want to go to law school she makes the jump all the way from california and san diego and she comes here to chicago to attend uh, law school and just is doing pretty well so she talks a lot about you know Getting that me time in and, you know, the self-care aspect of things really stands out in this episode. We talk about a lot of things going on in the culture and the world today and how that, you know, affects her on her day-to-day um, being. And then just being able to, you know, want to stay in touch with yourself while you're on the journey. Um, you're dealing with a lot of different things as far as, like, stress. Not only just what's going on around you, but your personal life and everything like that. So I wanted to just have her on the episode and talk about a few things and just... Um I hope you guys are pretty receptive too. I think, I think this is one of the better episodes. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I'm, and I'm not only saying that just because she's a uh, Miami of Ohio alum. Okay, maybe I am, but uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow her, you can follow her on Instagram at Carlele, C A R L A Y L A Y Y. Just uh, yeah, sit back and enjoy this episode, guys. I think um. It was pretty dope, and I really feel like it's one of those episodes that um, is probably going to stand out a little bit to a lot of people. And she's giving a lot of pretty good advice, you know, a lot of, um, you know, what it takes to kind of be a law student in today's society and be able to interact with people or lay people, which basically means just regular people who don't really know a lot about the law and how we're all kind of in a way affected by this and affected by these laws and different legislative ideas. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and here we go. Miss Carly Michelle, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Um, Happy to be here. Really? Actually, you are maybe one of maybe three lawyers that I know. I'm not a lawyer so, yet. Well, I mean... Okay, speaking into right, existence. Right, exactly. <laughs> into existence. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> we're there, we're chugging along now, almost there. It's close. Oh, yeah, I don't want to brag about you, but I got to say it, she's also a Miami alum. I am. Love and honor. Love and, we love keep and honor, going. always. <laughs> <laughs> gotta keep that going. I wanted to reach out to you one because I think you got like you building like a presence, man. Like just in Oxford, not Oxford, oh. but here in Chicago. Um, <laughs> I know you can you know brag a little bit about about your ad that you got put in, and I think one thing about that is it's cool to see somebody that you know sometimes. <laughs> no, I think that's cool too. It's like oh. So I don't, I didn't like ask for it. Um, a girl I went to school with, she came up to me one day and she was like, hey, would you want to model for DePaul? And I was like, I mean, sure. Why? Like, I just was like, sure, why not? And she's like, yeah, they're pay, they'll pay you $150. And I was like, oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I will take $150. And she's like, okay, just come to this address and bring this with you and blah, blah, blah. And I showed up and they did. And like, I had my hair done and everything, but they just like fixed up my hair and makeup. And I was there for like two hours, nice. got my $150 check. And then like, I kind of forgot about it. And that, that ad appeared like six or seven months later. Wow. Like, I kind of just did didn't even realize and then I got one of my friends snapped a picture to me like is this you and I was like what and then the company like two days later emailed me like oh your ad's up FYI like and I was like oh wow so I was like cool they're like you may be used for future ads so just keep a lookout I was like amazing but I mean not not so much like the presence is like a bad thing but like to move from I'm sorry about that (laughs) to move from um what Cleveland yes and like come to law school in Nepal, Chicago, and to really like get a reception like that while you're in school and like going through a lot of like transitioning into law school. I know um, it's probably very difficult being uh, a law school student. <laughs> being a law school student's di- difficult, yes, and I think every law school student in America will tell you that. But I mean, transitions generally aren't difficult for me because I didn't I didn't move here straight from Cleveland. Like after Miami, I never went back. To Cleveland. Wow. I, I moved to Columbus, Ohio okay. for a year, and then I moved to Denver for a year, and then I moved to San Diego for two years, and then I was out in San Diego living the dream, and like Random was like, hmm, I'll go to law school, and I just took the LSAT, did well on it, and applied to schools in cities that I wouldn't mind living in, and DePaul gave me the most amount of money, wow. so I was just like, I guess I'm taking myself back to the Midwest and going to Chicago, because <laughs> <laughs> money talks. I mean, what, what was the move like just to, you know, come from, like, I went to LA maybe a few years ago, it was a totally different oh, vibe. I want to move back to California so bad. Um... I love California, but I mean, the move was cool. I drove here, just me and my dog. We drove from San Diego to Chicago. How was that That was good. I mean, that's kind of my third time driving across country because I drove from Ohio to Denver, drove from Denver to San Diego. Um, But it was great. It it took us about a week, and we stopped and saw some stuff and got hotels on the way. It was fun, just me and my dog. I enjoyed it. (laughs) But I love my dog, so I'm a dog person. That was probably a cool trip. I'm thinking yeah, it was about awesome. Taking one trip like that, not too far, but uh, with my dog, and I don't know how dude is gonna do. I call him a little puppy dude. He's only here, but he's not. He's not like a puppy size. So it's like my that, dog is permanently exactly, puppy sized. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him. I think she only she has her uh, own. Uh, she does have an Instagram. Instagram. She's, she's amazing. You can plug that too yeah, if you want to. Her name's Charlele. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of Y's. I won't spell it. It's really obnoxious. <laughs> But she's got her own IG, but like Zeus is, I don't know how well he'll do, but we think about taking a trip like that. But again, that, that, you know, social media presence and, you know, is that something you're doing, you know, purposely to just enjoy it, right? Yeah, I just post when I want to post. I don't do it intentionally. I have no method to my madness. It's just, I feel like I post when I feel like and what kind of draws me whether that's like just me myself something I'm doing or things in the world like on my stories that like I'll post about mostly about things about equality and black lives and things of that nature but everything is just something that's authentic to me that I post it's not to get it's not an intentional presence builder but the, I, I mean I feel like that's one of those things where 
like we said earlier, um, to be in law school and to be learning about these things, you know, the foundation of the laws that we have here in the United States, and then to be so involved, like, it's almost like you're right there, you're in it, mm -hmm. in a way, and how you said, you, you post about a lot of things that are you know, socially conscious in a way, and you're dealing with the laws and you're learning them, what is that like, just to, you know, just... Actually, I feel like you're really involved in that situation when you're practicing, learning and practice law or whatever, and um, just noticing the type of stories and things that you post. I think, I mean, it just is, I just think I have a responsibility, responsibility to make note of the things that are going on in today's society because I have that background knowledge and I can see how the laws were built and they were structured and how they've been amended or how exceptions to laws come about and to kind of post things that show that these laws, like it's actually not illegal to do these things even though it should be or maybe there's ways to kind of skirt around this law because there's a loophole and things like that or how things that we think are illegal technically just been amended and not actually been made illegal or taken out of the law. So it's just it's just really interesting, especially when it comes to um, like people of color and black people, because that's like probably the most the thing that I've always been most passionate about. Like an undergrad, my degree was in history and I focused on like the evolution of race over time. And then like now in law school I've taken several classes like race and the US race and the law, like dealing with the constitution and taken um, a couple other like racially and intersectionality based law courses so it's really interesting to see how things have developed over time and and how it plays out in the real world and then you have to consider that like a lot of these things happen by state and so it doesn't have anything to do with the federal law and so then it's just really confusing so as much simplistic light as I can shed on it too like just like the lay population right. I have no problem doing it I mean when you say lay you mean like just regular just people regular people right? because you <laughs> don't understand laws like it just it's hard I don't understand the law like at all like mm -hmm. most lawyers in the first 10 years will tell you they still don't know what's going on because it's just just too many laws and it's just a lot of reading and you have to know how to analyze the law and that's what law school teaches you it doesn't teach you the laws like I, I can't just like verbatim tell you laws off the top of my head excuse me off the top of my head but law school teaches how to analyze laws and read the laws so you can shape it <laughs> to fit how you want to fit it you know in law uh, um are you thinking about what, what type of law are you thinking about going to? So I already have a job for when I graduate. Nice. Congrats. Um, so I will work um, at Baker McKenzie, which is top three law firms in the world. And so it's an amazing firm. It's the largest law firm in the entire world. It's in 48 countries. Um, but I already have a job offer there, and I'll be in the tax department. So I'll do tax law specifically um, in our wealth management subgroup. Nice. So that's... Is that just something that you wanted to do or apply for a job? <laughs> so um, law school's weird. The way law school works is after you... Like, your first year grades are, like, the most important. Like, that matters the most. So after... You finish your first year of law school, you start, um, you, hopefully you get a law job, like an internship over that, and so you have something to do over the summer, and then the summer before you start your second year, like that August-ish time frame, you're doing what's called on-campus interviews, OCIs. So during the OCI process, you're like interviewing all these different law firms that come to your school, or you can sign up for different law, job fairs, which is what I did. I did a minority job fair that was held at the NBC Suites, and I had like 10 screener interviews in one day, and they're each like 20, 30 minutes long, so you're just going through all these interviews. You're doing that at school, too, at OCI, and you're just doing all this. And then these firms, after these screener interviews and viewing, like, your writing samples and your resume and your transcripts, then they pick people to have for a callback interview. And these callback interviews are, like, four to five hours long. So, like, they take you to lunch, and then you, like, are going to, like, interview after interview after interview with, like, six different people, like, two at a time. And so you go back to all these callbacks, and then the callbacks decide how they want... they. 
pick you, if they want to offer you a job for that following summer, your wow. second year after after um, law school. So I got Baker, and so then I summered with them, did a whole summer internship with them last summer after my second year, this past summer that we just finished. Um, and so basically you're acting as a summer associate, like a, a baby attorney, um, and you're doing that whole process, and then at the end, they decided they want to offer you a position for it when you start. And these are what all the big law firms do. Um, and so I did that whole process, and at the end of the past summer, they offered me a job. So I already signed that offer letter, so right, I'm good to go as long up. as I pass the bar. That's what's up. <laughs> so you just got the bar left, and just moving, like, that's... That's a lot, man. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I like to focus on a lot of, you know, the interviewees' um, lives and, like, that process of, you know, getting not just the courage, one, to move across the country, but, like, the courage to say, I'm going to move across the country and probably go to one of the best law schools in the country <laughs> and, and then go up at like, one of the best law firms in the country. You know, where does that come from? Like, what is that confidence? Is that... Um, just something that you've always dreamed about, like were you just a little girl, like, oh, I want to grow up, I want to be a lawyer, is that, you know, where did that come from? Um, no, I never, my mom, I guess since I was like four, always told me I'd be a great lawyer, because apparently I like to argue, <laughs> um, I don't know why she'd say that, but I just have always had this innate drive to like work hard, and then like be the best at whatever I'm doing. Like, I've always... It's just it's just natural. Like, I have no desire to be mediocre in any sense of the word. Like, it just... I don't think... I don't think about it. I mean, we all have our doubts. We have our days, and we all have things that we aren't good at, and that happens. But, like, you know, if I... Like, when I was at Miami, like, I wanted to audition for The Wiz, and so I did, and I got the lead role. And it's just, like, I was, like, the only one of the only few people who weren't a theater major in that production and I had the lead and it's just like I know that I can if I know I can do something I'm going to do it and so like once I have my mind made up about something I just have always done it and I was even like that as a child like I just if I wanted to run something I was going to so I just have this like it's just innate in me I don't try I don't know where it comes from <laughs> I mean I try like I work the very hard is always there. But, like, but like I have this like backup reserve of like optimism and then like like dedication and so like with when they like kind of co-mingle then it's always a recipe for success right. I mean I just I feel like it's it's something about um someone like you said knowing that they can do something they actually are doing it, executing it mm-hmm. uh, uh is it is is that just that planned action like once you feel like um like you said law school is already difficult it's already hard and like what what um what pushes you when you have those days when you're feeling down? When it's gloomy as hell outside, like today, it's like, well, I have to go to class and I have to go to work. I mean, I think for me, you have to do those things, but I think this is like the most cliche answer in the world, but like your mindset is literally everything. And it's like, I'm a huge mindset person. And, you know, I think I used to struggle a lot with like, not, you know, like, I mean, I still procrastinate. Like, I feel like, like everybody, that's like, God. <laughs> like, like nobody's business, but I produce my best work when I procrastinate too. So then I'm like, oh, that's I got an A, so it's not that bad. <laughs> Even though I was stressed for the last 36 hours, but um, but I think your mindset is everything, and I've noticed that when I don't take care of like my mental and like my physical self then I can't work as hard so I'm very I mean I I eat very healthy I work out almost daily and I I meditate every single day and like I write gratitude lists every single day so I get myself in like a mindset where like I'm overjoyed like starting at the beginning of my day and then that like helps me get through the rest of the day and like I've been doing that like all this year and I've noticed noticed such a shift from like just like my life before, like college, working, whatever I was doing, like it was much harder to get through the day and I wasn't waking up feeling like I was super motivated. Even though I knew I could do these things and I had the oomph to do it, it wasn't as easy and it's like effortless. And like now it's like I wake up, if I get my meditation on, if I do my gratitude journal and if I like take my walk outside with my dog and do some yoga in the morning and go work out, 
then like the rest of my day is like smooth sailing and even on those days where I don't feel like doing anything I give myself permission to not do anything because I clearly need a break and I'll always catch up like I'm not gonna not do my assignments or I'm not gonna not go to work but if I need a day then I take the day I don't I think people get so bogged down with I can't if I if I don't if I take a day off then I'm lazy and it's like no your body is telling you your brain is telling you that you need to chill out and recharge and then it can go harder tomorrow I think that's one thing that a lot of people are talking about that's the self-care and all this stuff I think I enjoy just sleeping in I enjoy just relaxing you don't have to go to the spot every day (laughs) but like do something for you so other alternatives for self-care yeah and I think I don't know I'm a big pusher of meditation I try to force all my friends to do it because it changed my entire life and like outlook on life and like I'm a wholly better more fulfilled person ever since I started meditating at the beginning of this year and like I've always had like depression and anxiety ever since I've been in like high school and this entire year I couldn't tell you one time where I felt depressed or anxious ever since I started meditating and I would have like depressive spells for two weeks every other month or you know be anxious and having panic attacks for like a week straight and that hasn't happened to me like once this year since I started since like March I feel like is that one of those things where you knew you had to get into that to make it through this I just kept (laughs) hearing so much about it and then I would read and so like I started hearing people say it and then I would try it and I couldn't do it and I didn't think I was doing it right and I didn't like it and who could sit still for 20 minutes and like you know I was so fidgety and then I just kept reading more about it and learning more about meditation and I was like okay I'll start small so then I started with like five minutes and I did five minutes a day every day for like two weeks and then I went up to like six minutes and then like eight and then like ten and just gradually and now I do 15-20 minutes every morning and sometimes at night before I go to bed I think like that's one of those things you're like, uh, this, it just seems weird that you can right. just sit there and do this. Like, no, sometimes you, I think it's almost like daydreaming. Like, there's something like as a kid, you daydream a little bit, but like as you get into adulthood or even when we were at uh, Miami, I don't even know if the guys talk about this. We did Pilates, we had Pilates oh, right. classes and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, they didn't share that with <laughs> <laughs> They were like, what? Yeah, dude, why would we do Pilates? It's just so, so good weird. For you. But like, randomly did Pilates or like just, couple of days where we would just do um, not that's a heavy lift but like just a session where you just stretch just stretch put some like soothing music that on that's so good for your body and right. your mind though all of that uh, but uh, I think um, you also post a lot about that too on social media yes, and everything. Yes, I do. Um, and I just appreciate sometimes just seeing a post like, oh man, like Carly really, you know, she puts some real cool shit out there. Like <laughs> that you can take it, you know. Because I think sometimes um, you can be so engulfed in social media and like with yeah. the culture that we live in right now, the social climate is so. Yeah, I take different. breaks on purpose <laughs> from social media. I have to. Like, mm, okay, this month I'm just not gonna do I mean, it. You talking about getting your day started and everything? Like, yeah, I don't try. Sometimes I do because I'm a millennial. But I try not to look at my phone for, like, at least the first 30 minutes I'm awake. Like, let myself meditate and, like, do some yoga first, and then I get my phone and walk my dog. But in a way, like, I think... So, my self-care is totally different. Like, sometimes I just be like, you know what? I'm just going to take my time. Yeah, no, you should. (laughs) (laughs) I might be, like, five minutes late, but I'm going to take my time and just get dressed, do what I have to do for the dog, and, you know take out the garbage and I think um, sometimes that's what it is like sometimes you can be moving so fast I gotta get here I gotta go do this I gotta go do this yes you do have to be in these places but when you rush you put that anxiety there's so much extra on your shoulders and you you can it affects you and it'll affect you for the rest of how you start your day is like how your day ends up going and a lot I mean obviously you can't account for like a nose right but if you like you have wake up on the wrong side of the bed and then you know then you stub your toe and then your jacket gets caught on the door and then you spill your coffee on the train and it's just like and you're just like I shouldn't even got up this morning but then when you start your day intentionally trying to like be happy and positive and take your time that's less likely to happen than when you just wake up stressed true and I think but that's that's also life too it is I think one of the main things in making it through uh, life, you have to realize, like, I'm always going to have something I'm worried about. Exactly. You can't <laughs> get away from that. So when you worry, you just create extra anxiety. And you can just be in the moment and know that it's going to get done how it's supposed to get done. Because mm-hmm. it has to. Man, this is turning out to be pretty rich. But, uh... <laughs>
<laughs> it has to. It's gonna work out. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on a lot of things going on now? I mean, I see some of them. You know, some of them are just like, I can't believe this shit is this. <laughs> but I feel like we like we need to see um, uh, black women mm-hmm. voicing their opinion in that way, um, voicing their opinion in ways that aren't. Um, Negative, or I think we need to do that for, as black men too. Like for me, one of the things that I would do is like taking an NPR and just be like, like you said, start today. I would listen to the one that I think is they have a news one. It's like 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I would just be pissed off the whole rest. Yeah, of no, it. I don't like to watch the. I don't own a television, so I like don't. I haven't owned a TV in I don't know years. The last my I had roommates over the years that have had TVs, but yeah, I don't. Since I lived in Denver, and I moved, what, 2015? So, yeah, I haven't owned a television since 2015. I have Netflix, but I occasionally watch something. It's not like I don't have, like, a show that I watch. Mm -hmm. So I try to stay, I stay as far away from, like, messages being streamed to me as possible for the most part um but what i do see obviously is on twitter and instagram so that's like my main source of news but like i don't watch the actual news but i don't know like thoughts on what there's so there's so many things to have thoughts on that i just Uh, don't even want to i don't want to think about it i mean uh one of the things that i've been doing for the past year with a lot of episodes is talking to guests about their place in culture okay. and how they feel about the culture that I think people throw that word out there yeah, a lot. it's a word. But when we realize um, it's not what they taught us in grade school, it's a lot more than that. It's, it's all these different things that we had to learn and kind of maneuver through. Um, as adults, you know, I was just talking to my stepdad about that last night, how I found a newspaper clipping from 1993 of Michael Jordan when the Bulls won the championship, uh, the third championship, and I just got so happy when I saw it. I'm like, why? Why does this make me feel this way? It's like, because like, that was... Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, when that right. happened. Like, three or four. It's like, why does he get so happy? Because that was important to me back then. Yeah. You know, and like now we move into uh, politics. You, you growing up, you 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 start to um, uh, kind of own things. You start to having to pay taxes on things, and like things become things that were important aren't as important as they were before. And that's some of the stuff that I see you like posting. Like, is that something that's always been a part of you? Um, just that socially conscious aspect of things, or? Did you grow into that? Um, I think it's always been a part of me. I've talked to my mom a few times about, like, what I was like as a little kid. kid. I mean, like, I know who I am, but, you know, it's different from an adult's perspective. perspective. Like, so what was I like when I was little? And we had this conversation this summer, and she said, you always, always have always wanted to help the underdog. She goes, that has always been what you've wanted to do. You come home and say, someone's making fun of that little girl over there, so I'm going to be her friend. She's like, you were always like that. So I don't, I just think it's just innately who I am. I've always been super motivated. I've always been super optimistic, and I've always wanted to help people. And I don't know what made me like that. I think it's just how I appeared here on this planet. So... I don't, I don't know. I can't. There's nothing. It's just, it's just who I am. I, I'm just, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just, I've always been that way. So growing into like the more socially conscious aspect of it, it's like people deserve to have basic things. They just, people deserve human respect. They deserve compassion. They deserve love. They deserve food, water, clothing, and shelter. They deserve not to be outcast just because they are something different than you are that you don't necessarily agree with or understand. And it's not your job to agree with and understand anything. It's your job to have some decency and let people live their life because people don't agree with or understand half the things that you do either. That's why I think, uh, like you said, I think sometimes... Um, we can kind of look at ourselves differently because we give, I give people the benefit of the doubt, mainly because like you just said. You don't know anything. Right? <laughs> but like, who are you to judge anything that anyone's doing if it's not hurting anyone? Like, now if someone's throwing rocks at someone's school, yeah, you can judge them and, you know, take some action. But if someone's walking down the street 
you know, if it's a person you don't think should be wearing a hot pink tutu that's wearing a hot pink tutu, why is that bothering you so much? Like, you can literally turn your head and walk the other way, not say anything. It doesn't, it shouldn't anger you so much to the point that it disrupts what's going on with your life right now if it's not physically hurting you. Right. And, and I feel like that's, that's one of the things that I, I like about your posts is they always seem like interjections to things as opposed to someone like me. Like, I feel like I have to be on there just to, you know, put some funny things out there. You keep your social media presence up. Um, and especially if you're trying to move into comedy and stand up and everything, you want people to see that you have a mm-hmm. social media presence. But uh, I enjoy that it's like, this is this or that is that. I have to look through some, your timeline to see some <laughs> things. But, um, I, 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 I um, want to say that you've changed my point of view of uh, social media in a way. Cool. Because I I feel like a lot of business people or or people involved in law and things like that kind of shy away from those type of things because they don't want to put too much out there. But you actually um, seem very comfortable with that. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm extremely comfortable because... As long as something's true to what I think and believe, you're going to get that from me. I'm not going to pretend to be anything that I'm not for anyone's gaze. Like, I don't post anything so... I don't. I mean, I don't post things that are, like, inappropriate. Like, these things are real, and they affect real people. And, you know, like, we all have a duty to, like, love and respect everybody else. And I just think that's, like, fundamental what we're supposed to do as human beings. There's so much division and separation and... Just like anger from just like a lack of understanding literally everything. And like you don't need to understand everything except that people like we all just we all want the same things on like a on like a deeper level. Right. And it's <laughs> one of the things that I've been saying too is like everybody thinks they're doing the right thing. Right, they do. Like people don't people are just out here thinking that they're like people are doing and saying things that they're doing because they think that they're right and they think it's the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that that's what everyone thinks, then you kind of back off a bit. Like, instead of, your ego is not the only ego that exists. There's billions of other ones, billions of other thought processes. And once you've realized that, you just... You kind of learn to accept it. Yeah, just accept that other people are going to be different from you and live in your own truth without bashing anyone else. True, and and I also feel like, uh, like I said, I give people the benefit of the doubt, and I also say we should give people more credit sometimes, mainly because it is... Not so, I don't want to use the word difficult, but it's challenging sometimes just being a human being and like being able to live and, like I said, maneuver through these different things. Like being an African American man, a black man, or a black woman, or uh, a Latino man or woman, and you're going through life and, you, and we're living in this social climate right now. And you think, okay, well, you see this shit on CNN, like you say, you take it in on the news, it's like, okay, so there's obviously people that are racist and people that right. hate the idea of me in a way, and then you, you go into the real world. Are you looking for for those things. Um, right, I think that's a that's a thing too. People are looking for these things and since it happened more and like I don't it's just like uh, are you antagonizing it by what you're doing in a way which is, doesn't make it right on the other side either but like what when you go into things just with a mindset that everyone's going to be racist and mean <laughs> and something's going to happen then it's probably going to happen. Right. Like cuz you you're putting yourself on that like vibrational level where that thing can come in you can be attracted to to it right like you're receptive to it when you're in that state of mind like I just think when you're not thinking like that it's less likely that it's gonna and it's kind of hard and that's why I said it's kind of hard to not you know harp on that stuff because you are trying to protect yourself you are protecting your family and things like that and um that's why I say that, like, when you post things, it's like, oh, she's supposed to, you think that somebody, somebody in your position will be so far distant and removed from actually opening themselves up to, um, expressing who they really are mm-hmm. and what they really feel. So I feel like there's a way, like, people say, oh, I want to maneuver this in a way, because you can do a lot of things from, you know, you can do a lot of things from a law school chair that you don't have to be involved in. You can be learning things and just be very private about how you really feel about yeah. certain things. Um, but yeah, I, um, I think you have um, kind of given myself some kind of idea that it's okay. You gave me permission to be like, you know, you can speak up about some shit. Yeah, and no, I think we should have a duty to speak up about things that we think are wrong or unjust, especially when it affects who, like you, you as are. a human being. So, um, yeah, 
I don't know. I just think that's part of my duty and I have a voice and I am also like very educated and I like know how to come about and I try to be as empathetic as I can to try not to incite behavior with posts. Because some people I think, you know, it's it's a little bit more like it's inciting some backlash and that you want to get people angry. And I don't want to get people angry. I want people to maybe read and be educated and have a different understanding Mm. or maybe take pieces and parts and put it into their own framework of understanding into their own lives and their own truths but I don't ever want to be combative or like incite any type of like hate or has it been like the reception of some things just because I know social media is pretty I don't know if your page is uh, public or private but it's public yeah uh, you are very (laughs) I don't really get a lot of backlash because I think my intent is clear like I don't think I don't, I think that it's clear the way I post things and things that I choose to post aren't, like, it's educational, it's telling you this, that, and the third of what's happening, um, but it's not, like, white people are bad or, like, Trump is the devil. It's just, like, why don't we just think about these things logically, like, break it down, this is what's happening, and, like, why I think this is wrong or unfair, because I also do have a ton of white friends and, like, people that follow, like, I have tons of black friends and I'm super pro-black, all that. But, like, I went to Miami and had a ton of white friends, and I went to a very white high school. Um, so, you know, I, and, like, a lot of people in my family are white. So, like, I understand even, like, some very well-meaning white people. They don't necessarily know how to navigate things. So I think it's also my responsibility not to, like, cater to them or coddle, but, like, say it in a way where other people can understand that's not so mean and, like, combative. Because I think a lot of black people or people with these um, pro-black pages sometimes white people just are well-meaning and don't they understand don't, and they don't know how to, how to ask the questions the right way and they don't know how to go about it the right way and then, pe- then they they get jumped down and they're like you came up here you could have just googled blah 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 and they're just like they, they were asking the question though and maybe they didn't ask it the right way but at least their intention was in the right place like so you have to kind of give people like permission to be human and not do things the way you think they should always be done so. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things, too, is just moving for me uh, in comedy and stand-up, um, approaching it. I, I did one episode, and it was with a white female comic, and I'm just like, I don't, I didn't want to just spend my time discussing race and mm-hmm. things like that, um, mainly because there have been better comics that's done it better than me. There are actually comics that do it way better than me, <laughs> you know? Not so much that I'm intimidated to approach it, but I know how my delivery is, you know, I know how brash I can be, and I even think sometimes um, it can come off kind of offensive, but I was I was really sure. I had a show last uh, Thursday, I think it was Thursday, and a white woman came up to me and was like, uh, you, you get a pretty good way with words, like, you did pretty good, and I did, I did do, like, some, I had, like, one bit, like, it was, like, some kids that were, like, in college, you know, early 20s, and I'm like, yeah, because I don't want y'all to go home, I know y'all probably live with your parents and just be like, it was some fat-ass black guys cussing at us while I'm, like, talking shit. It was pretty funny, you know. I made, like, some reference to, like, um, uh, what is it, living in the backwoods of, like, Kentucky or something like that. Yikes. <laughs> like, so it could be kind of weird, but, like, to have some people kind of offensive in a way. Yeah. But, um, in a way, I feel like that's kind of what comes with the territory. Yeah, comedy gets offensive. I think there's a line between, like, I mean, you have to know that someone's likely going to be offended in any mm-hmm. comedic sketch. I mean, that's kind of, it comes with the territory. <laughs> have you ever ventured into, like, improv or things like that? Because I've heard a lot of, like, lawyers and, like, law students do try out improv and things like that to help with that. Oh, yeah, I guess if you're going to be, like, a trial attorney, that would be really good. I won't be a trial <laughs> attorney. I ain't doing that. <laughs> um, I think that would be really good. But, no, I've never really done improv. But, like, I, I was in, like, musical theater and right, stuff right, and right. things like that. But improv so has never kind of been a part of Yeah. Because um, I was always singing in Miami. Okay. I had my band and everything. Wow. You remember? Uh, yeah, me and Kelvin, we had a band. Oh, dudes, yeah. <laughs> No, 45. I think we performed that a couple times. So yeah, but we would do that oh, every man. weekend and get paid, in, stuff, get paid in booze and like 40 bucks each. It was nice. It was cool. um, because you are a Miami alum, I like to kind of 
venture into that uh, that aspect of experiences at Miami. Um, I loved Miami. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I did. I had a great time, but I know a lot of black people don't always say that they right. had an amazing time in Miami. Right. But I think, um, so like, I think the way I grew up helped pave my way for not, for being okay with Miami. I lived in Cleveland and we lived in the city as when I was a kid. And so it was, my school was all black. Only the teachers are white. There was like one white girl in our whole grade. So I went to an all black Christian school from first through sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, we moved out to the Burbs and we, I was in, we lived, it was called Orange, and so I went to that school, district for middle school and high school, and that was, like, 80% Jewish kids, like, all wow. and very, like, wealthy kids, so it's very rich. We come from Cleveland, where we're, like, we're just regular people moving into this very rich, white, Jewish neighborhood, so that was, like, culture shock 101. Right, I was going to say, you had your culture, your culture so shock. So, it was, like, earlier. how a lot of black people go to Miami, but you're right, doing that so at 18, I, I did that at 13. So, you know what I mean? So, it was a little bit different doing it, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, and then growing up, and it and learning how to navigate it and then continue it on through undergrad right. so I think that was that difference um, so when I went to Miami I already knew how to like be friends with white people I already knew but you know it's because it's a different thing like it's, it's, you, I mean, that and you gotta be like sometimes you have to be a more especially like as a I think it's easier maybe with guys I don't know well, what it's I, I like to be a guy probably easier for us because you're a football athletes, team right? yeah that that probably opened up a lot more doors and made things burn out a little bit more balanced. Yeah, because you have you have your teammates, so like you have to be with these people. But like for just being like an eighteen year old girl, like girls just have all these stupid girl things in general that are dumb, girl politics, and then just having to be like, you know, I'm a more palatable black person from you know the white perspective. You know, I'm like you know, thin and, like, cute and, like, light-skinned and I speak well and I'm smart. And so, like, you know, I'm just like a, you know, and, oh, you're black, but you're not, like, actually right. black. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, you're coming talk, from a different place you know, to people say, Kelly, you're not, like, black, black. I'm like, I'm, I'm black. I'm still black, but okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, it's a little different type of thing. But I had my group of friends. Um, I also hung out with plenty of black people in Miami, but I had a blast. I was a partier. I went out every single weekend, every single weeknight. For must, like, must be nice. I'm sorry, I was an athlete. <laughs> Look, I had a great, old, grand old time. Uh, it was very blurry what, for years. What, is this, what does it say? It's such a place you lived that life. Like, yes. it's just like, um, I think we all have our experiences, and just talking with Jasmine Hardy who's now, like, a teacher there, a yes. professor, and, like, having that whole, like, another culture shock, which is a totally different perspective. I um, I just, I like to venture into that idea of just talking about, you know, what it was like to, like you said, you had that culture shock earlier. For me, it was like, damn, dude, like, you really black, bro. <laughs> like, like, you, there's no questions about it. Like, people are intimidated by you yeah. and things, and just your experiences and how you can go through that at a different time and how Jasmine explained to me like it's totally different now and like how a lot of the kids say they don't party uptown and stuff like that interesting anymore, right? wow uptown was my life exactly <laughs> that's um, insane that, that shift and how culture is changed at Miami too um, I think it's something that is to be noted um, and maybe I don't know if somebody's listening to this there could be something done about that but, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Oh, I think we're going to have to probably move out of here in a minute. But um, uh, well, one question I usually ask each guest, too, is um, what are three things you would tell somebody starting something creative, starting something as challenging as law school, uh, probably coming up with an idea like maybe maybe I would do some self-care shit. You know, that, that Carly that Michelle was saying some good stuff on that podcast. You know, uh, what are three things you would tell them? Three things I would tell someone. Um... I think, I don't know, three things I would tell someone just, okay, first, I honestly, I would tell everybody to meditate. Like, I think that is so important. Like, just try it for 30 days, do it for 15 minutes every morning, the first thing when you wake up. And I think it will just change your whole perspective on your life. It'll give you so much new, like, your mind will be rejuvenated. You'll feel better throughout the day. And I think it'll just 
it improved my life in such drastic ways and like that it's my number one recommendation also just be true to who you are don't let other people influence you nobody knows what's better for you than you do asking other people's opinions all the time like yeah sometimes you get some good insight but unless it resonates with what your heart and like your gut is actually telling you then don't do it or and then just I think everything's just like listening to yourself, listen to your body. When it's time to rest, rest. When it's time to sleep, sleep. When you don't feel like putting forth any more effort into your creative endeavor, or if you don't feel like studying for another hour, then don't. You're like it's just it does you more. You force yourself to you're not learning it. You're not you're not really interested in it, and it's not authentic, and you're not you're not going to absorb it or be a part of it. So just. Honestly, I think all of it is just stay true to yourself, to follow what your body and your soul needs, and like get in alignment with that by just like being able to calm down your mind for 20 minutes every day and <laughs> like feel how it feels to have no thought and no perception of anything. Um, another thing I ask, I guess, is where are you on the Kanye West confidence level? We're on like Jesus is King Eve right now, so. <laughs> And I did get to do like the Sunday service thing, so I'm like, I'm all, I'm bought all into this. All right, Kanye, you know, I love you, dog, but you know, I, I always ask these guests this because hopefully you will come on the podcast one day. Will you come be on the podcast? But um, where are you on the Kanye West confidence level? It goes from college dropout to now, yay, but until tomorrow, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So you can list your confidence on where you are right now, what you're working on, on different things that you're doing, um, or just in life period right now. Uh, what album would you? give yourself. But I want to give myself of the, okay, I was confused by the question at first. Right. Okay. I have to explain it. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, so what album would I give myself? Oh my goodness. I don't know. That's a hard question. Or you could like, I don't know, maybe just tweet it out and I'll plug it with your, <laughs> with your podcast when I post it on uh, I mean, Twitter or something. Are these albums like I don't understand. So is the question like, would I consider like his best out? Like, what do you right. mean? So these guys usually ask that too. But so are you asking like, what kind of best album, and then my relation to that best album? Or how you feel? You can answer it any way you want to. Uh, how you feel about yourself right now, mm-hmm. and where your confidence is according to which album? So um, oh. for me right now, I would say I am at. Uh, good content i feel like i'm doing very solid material um but i'm still thinking about making that creative shift into things and trying to open up the idea of what this podcast can be and mm-hmm. what my my material can become too later on what's after 808s and heartbreaks Ooh, i feel like i did that already yeah i feel like i'm like there let me see well, because we, I, we do have the Google. It is 2019. We do, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I might need a little Right, right. Go back. <laughs> like I the best way to try it out. Uh, Kanye West. Because I'm past 808s and heartbreaks. I did that. That was a year ago. Ugh, we, we, we done with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I should probably, like, pull up the page now. And then, like, right. You know, I feel I'm like... I'm going to bookmark it so that if another guest asks that, you said 808s. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would be around that level of Kanye. Because mm. I feel like I'm still trying to figure things out, still, still trying to, like, you know, ch- you know, get through life and everything, but I'm really, really enjoying it. All the twists, all the turns, despite, like, the weird parts and the parts that really suck and you know the hard things it's gonna turn out a-okay and it's gonna still be a great piece of work <laughs> <laughs> well as we uh, close this episode of it your world out uh, if you want to put your social media and everything yeah. out there you guys can follow me i'm the same on all social media and cash app um <laughs> JK, um, but it's at Carlele, and that's C-A-R-L-A-Y-L-A-Y-Y-Y-Y. So that's super obnoxious, I know, but C-A-R-L-A-Y-L-A-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y-Y
Charlele instead of Carlele. So just insert an H. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Well, that was this week's episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you follow Carly Michelle on Instagram at C-A-R-L-A-Y-L-A-Y-Y. Yeah, man, I I just, I really enjoyed that episode. Love and honor, you know, to another Miami alum. And I thought it was pretty cool uh, to actually refer to some other alums that I've had on the podcast, too. I thought that was pretty dope. So um, let me know if you guys really enjoyed it. You know, like, subscribe. if you like the podcast, tell somebody about it. If you don't like the podcast, uh, tell somebody about it. I feel like word of mouth is probably the best publicity to have. And um, you can also follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at it's your world pod underscore, you know, uh, or just go to your Google and type in it's your world podcast. Uh, that's all for me this week, guys. Um, should have another episode ready for you guys next week. But in the meantime, tell somebody about this. Share this episode, you know. Um, let me know what you think. Again, subscribe and review. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one.